Commandos. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Hunter Muscara, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Ball game. spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got game him. Winning. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my new friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Saturday Eve. That means it's Friday, the day before an exciting football game, ETSU versus Western Carolina. Sometimes, you know, you think a game's going to be offensive or defense. It's the exact opposite, and I would be shocked. I don't care what the weather's like if there's not points plentiful in William B. Green Jr. Stadium. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think with this weather, yeah, I think with this weather, we may be in for a bit of a different ball game. And I'm wondering who you think this weather, because it is raining right now. Obviously, people can't see that behind it. This gorgeous setting we're in, my favorite setting that we do all week. Uh, Monday, we just podcast from the same room usually, but uh, people can't see that, of course. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're in our studio back over at the Dome. And and Fridays, uh, there's no better setting to do a podcast or to play a football game in the Southern Conference. I'm wondering who you think this weather benefits, if it does hold over into tomorrow afternoon. I think ETSU is going to be able to run the football. Team runs the football. I think number one has an advantage. The other thing is it's artificial turf. Uh, It's not going to be a deluge where there's inches and inches of rain coming down, so the footing should be fine. I've listened enough to Coach Randy Sanders saying we can afford footballs, so we will replace a football in every play. We'll have extra footballs. It'll be a draw ball. This isn't going to be the old days where you had one ball, got saturated, it's wet. It's just different. This isn't. The weather isn't a huge deal with the turf, with the way the balls are made, with the number of balls you can put into play now. So I'm going to take his word for it. So when you have weather like this, though, I think the psyche for the defense and I think it's easy for people to say, oh, it's going to be a defensive game because the weather's bad. I usually think it's offensive because the offense generally knows where it's going, right? The defense True. has to react. you got to be able to do whatever. And there is something mentally still about defenders backpedaling and laterally moving against that. So I think the more physical football team, it favors in bad weather. And to me, the more physical football team is ETSU, right? I I think that this game will go a couple of ways just going on on that same sentiment. Either it's a sloppy, ugly game that matches the weather, and it can be a lot of points where it's a 56-49 game or whatever. No defense knows what they're doing at all. Uh, I don't think ETSU defense it will fall into that category uh, but but if there are a ton of mistakes on both sides perhaps ETSU's defense could be left in some unfortunate positions um, if the ball does get slippery just have a few drops whatever the case may be or um, it, it could be uh, the game that I certainly believe is possible uh, one where both teams play a more clean game and they do um, Randy Sanders talks about this all the time right we're ready for anything we're going to practice in any weather so we're ready for any situation and so uh, knowing that mindset I think it favors the Bucks. but it very well could be one where um, you just don't have you have defenses step up and you don't have um, 
the big positives that we've seen from Western Carolina's offense. Um, the the big plays that ETSU maybe had in that Furman game down the stretch, and, and really um, you know getting those big chunk plays that. Randy Sanders talked about it yesterday on our show and on the coaches' show on Wednesday night, the explosive plays that a lot of games hinge on. So I think it can go two separate ways. Uh, it's, I'm, of course, I'm covering all my bases, right? It's either going to be really high scoring or really low scoring. I don't think there's a ton of in-between. My one worry is with this weather, if both teams get into a um, in-the-trenches uh, rushing game match, um, Western Carolina is averaging you know 218 yards per game on the ground. That's third best in the SOCON. ETSU, I think, does get back to their good running ways because three of their last four games they have not rushed for 100 yards. But, of course, we know Citadel and Wofford, they're always very physical up front. So, I don't know. There's just a ton of thoughts. Uh, take away from it what you will. I'm trying to lay out a bunch of different scenarios, but I guess you see the game going much as you did entering the day where I think there's a possibility for uh, some departure from that. Yeah, I think it, it, I think it'll be high score. Number one, I think the most dynamic player in the league is coming to Jonathan City and Tyree Adams. Yep. He's amongst the top three rushers in the league. He's amongst the top three passers in the league. He gets the ball in his hand on every snap, right? So he has a say on every single play. So I, I just think Western Carolina, and although ETSU is holding teams in the 10 games here at Wimby Green Junior Stadium so far, holding teams to about 15 points per contest, mm. I, I think it's that Western Carolina is going to at least have three touchdowns on the board just because the style they play. They run trick plays out the wazoo. They've had four different guys throw touchdown passes, <laughs> including uh, a punter who was actually a holder on a field goal attempt, and Ian Berryman, who's an all-league punter, which I'm going to get into in just a second. Jordan Mathis, who's a good two-way player. He plays baseball for uh, the Catamounts. He's a wide receiver. He's two for three passing, 69 yards. One of those went for a score. And uh, the backup quarterback has come in at times and played Will Jones on the same uh, uh setting with Adams, so sort of a wildcat situation with the double quarterback. So they've ran some packages where they're just doing different things at you. They know they have to score because they're averaging 33 points a game. They're giving up 40 yeah. points a game. So just from those numbers, I think it's going to – and the number of possessions. Like, they want it to be high scoring. They don't mind if you score just as long as you score and give them the ball back because they feel like they can go down and, and put points up on the board. Turnovers will be huge. I think Ian Berryman, who's the league's best punter by far, he's got 54 kicks in his career. That's pretty incredible. 50 yards. Uh, you said that stat the other day, and I thought that was amazing. Randy Sanders made the point, well, we don't see him very often because the offense is always doing this and that, which makes that stat even more incredible, the fact that he's not on a team like a, a VMI that's going to punt more than so, one of the best offenses in the league. He's only punted 27 times this year. Wow. I think Marion Watson is uh, about four. I think he's almost double that. He's like 48. And then J.J. Uh, uh, J. German's punted a couple times this year as well. So you look at the number of punts, the Bucks have doubled up that. Uh, but I, I think Berryman – but my other point about that, so he booms the ball 50-plus yards. Then you may have to be looking up in rain, right? Yep. Then you got to make the catch or some cover. Yep. So there's some things in a special team that I think could be huge for either team. Uh, not that I think field position is – well, I do think field position is critical because if you have to make Western Carolina go 60 yards or make them go 90 yards, it's it's always more difficult to go than 90 yards. But I think VTSU's special teams can play the way they've been playing, pinning the Catamounts deep if they don't score. You know, I talked to Coach Taylor a little bit. We'll run the bite tomorrow about it's just a different game because you go from Wofford and Citadel that want like 10, 12 possessions a game, nine-minute drives – 
Now you got Western Carolina. It's all about tempo, right? If they want to get a play every 10, 15 seconds snapped, they want 25, 30 possessions a game. So it's just completely different uh, style of attack that you got to be careful on how you sub. You got to make sure the communication's well. So I think Western Carolina, uh, you know, the good news for the Bucks, very veteran team. They shouldn't be thrown off by some of that. Right. But certainly Western Carolina is going to have a player two here or there that, that they'll, they'll make. And, and Coach Taylor basically said, yeah, we know they're going to make a couple. We just can't. You know, bend but don't break situation. Well, look, I'm very high in the box here at William B. Green Jr. Stadium, especially uh, when they lose games. It's not by very much. They're in every contest. This game, um, if it's going to skew one way or another, it's going to skew the Bucks away if it does get out of hand, in my opinion, much uh, much like it did for Western Carolina last year in those uh Two, sec- two quarters in the second half where they had 21 points apiece. So that's certainly possible on ETSU's side. But if the game stays close, you know, you make a good point about special teams. There's maybe not a lot of explosive plays in the rain. Maybe there are. I guess we'll see. But um, if there are not, what are the plays that you're going to guarantee uh, the ball is going to be in the air the furthest or have the biggest potential built-in plays to the game for one team to run away from the other and pick up 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 yards when it comes to punt returns, kick returns, or uh, the exact opposite. Have a ball slip through your hands because it's coming down through that rain, as you said, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So many things play into how about footing on field goals. You know, it, there's so many different things that you can talk about with special teams, and ETSU, of course, has the best field goal kicker in the league in J.J. German. I, I'm not worried about him. He's kicked on this turf for, uh, you know, two years now and, and clearly has a resume built up where you can count on him in the most adverse of conditions. I think Marion Watson had a very good day uh, last week, uh, you know, ended up setting up one of the touchdowns for ETSU, one of the two they had, the one defensive touchdown where he pinned Wofford deep, um, and Tyree Robinson ended up getting that fumble recovery. So uh, there's just a lot to think about. It it throws a whole wrench into everything, the weather. Um, But ETSU, I love the mindset they have with Randy Sanders of, Forget the dome. That's not a practice facility for us. This is our practice facility no matter what's going on. And certainly that makes ETSU, um, I don't know if I'd say it helps them more than Western Carolina. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. I think it can help both teams. But if there's any team that will be more prepared for these kind of conditions, and maybe that does mean they'll have more success, it'll be ETSU. Well, and, and I think you bring up a great point that we have the last regime and Coach Shorebush, they were in the dome a lot. Yeah. All the time because he wanted, and that's just how he did it. It's not a knock right, on him, but he wanted perfect conditions because he yeah. felt like the team needed to have perfect conditions to try to get things done. Randy Sanders opposite. Hey, if you play a game, we're not playing there anymore. We're not. There's nobody on our schedule to dome. There's no sense in that. So if we've practiced in it, even though uh, it may rain Monday through Friday, but the game Saturday's, you know, gorgeous. Somewhere down the road, we're going to play in a game that's not perfect conditions, and we've been there. We've practiced. It's not something that enters the mind. That's sort of his thought process in it. Not Again, I'm not saying one way is right or the other, but they've been out there practicing in it uh, the whole season. So I don't think if weather goes – you know, south one way or another, uh, and it's just supposed to be rain. Uh, and yeah. So, and again, it's not a situation where it's going to be a deluge and there's a, a pounding rain. It's going to bring four or five inches during the game. I mean, it is going to be rain. It's going to be off and on. It could be heavy at times, but it's just not going to be a, a steady, uh, you know, monsoon type environment. So, I don't think that's going to play a big of an. If it was, I would change my whole tune. Sure. If it was going to sure. be a monsoon, sure. the wind was going to be there. I mean. Other things, I would say, yes, it doesn't matter exactly how things go, um, 
you, you know, with the football and the turf, there's other things that would play into it. And so that's also to say, if you're an ETSU fan, since it's not going to be a deluge or the heavens just open up and it's buckets and buckets of water, make sure you're still coming out to the game. Because Randy Sanders made the point on the coaches show, and I know all the players and everyone around ETSU loves when this place is packed, 8,000 plus, and there's a lot of noise being made, and it may not be ideal conditions to watch a game tomorrow with the rain, but with it not being um, just a steady driving, you know, horrendous amount of rain. I, I think that it's still very important that Buck fans are not chased away. They still show up here to William B. Green Jr. Stadium and create that atmosphere that they have since the stadium has been on campus and make sure that they're doing their part to help the Bucks. And certainly I think ETSU, um, as they always do, will give them plenty to cheer about. We'll step aside for a timeout. When we come back, Austin Herrick, the ever-popular route tree. And we'll talk about the game uh, coming up this Saturday against the Western Carolina Catamounts. We'll take a quick break after that. We'll talk a little actual route tree and see what uh, path he's going to take in his professional career and some made-up uh, awful scenario in which the little different this week. It's oh, a little, it's a little different. different this week. Well, we're trying to do our part to mm-hmm. make sure that the superstitions, if you are superstitious, now ETSU took a loss last week. Route tree was going one way for the entire first part of the year. Now, you know, take a loss, change it up a little bit. We'll step aside. No, I like it. I like what you're doing. Uh, I like that I get a sit. You're a very superstitious anything, right? guy, That's too. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 we'll step aside for a time. When we come back, Austin Herrick will uh, talk to us about the game. I'll ask him about the ever-popular triple knee drop on the 27-yard line. It's one of my favorite plays of all time. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I may be able to pull it up on my phone here, show it on the screen. We'll see what's up. But those listening on podcasts, don't forget SoundCloud, iTunes. Monday through Friday, we have a new show for you. You can uh, subscribe to the RSS feed. That way you get the update every time a new show is uploaded. Austin Herrick up after this timeout on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Congrats. You made it. Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day. You took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a $1 million. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Make your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Are you having fun at bath time? Mm, you smell fresh as spring. Hey, Frank, is this lettuce ready for the customers? No. No, not yet. Frank, they're perfect. Let go of the cart. No. Frank, now. But I didn't get to say goodbye. At Food City, our produce experts are passionate about offering the freshest fruits and vegetables around. We're Food City, and we're very picky about produce. Today and every day, the 
Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics Program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Good Friday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, Sandos and the sidekick, the man in the middle if you're watching on Facebook Live or the voice you'll hear momentarily will be the starting quarterback for ETSU, Austin Herrick. And Austin, certainly ETSU had the first hiccup in about six weeks. And um, I'm guessing you got used to winning. You weren't used to that uh, type of result, were you? Yeah, you know, we, we forgot, you know, what it felt to lose. So we had to go out there and do that real quick. So, <laughs> no, but, uh, no, that was, that was frustrating. You know, we uh, felt like, you know, we had we had a good game plan going into it, and you know, for whatever reason, there were some issues there in the first couple drives that set us back. And then, um, you know, we kind of settled into the game there around halftime, and you know, got it close, and just didn't come out and perform in the third quarter the way we want to. And then, um, you know, when you get behind on a team like that, where they control the ball so much of the game, and then, um, you know, limit your opportunities. When you don't take advantage of every opportunity, then you put yourself behind the eight ball, so to speak. I, I know this. There would be a lot of things you miss about ETSU football, but having to greet uh, Miles Brown will not be one of them, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That yeah. is a man. I mean, yeah. he's impressive. Yeah, personally, I think he's probably the best player I've played against in the SoCon. And so I tried to, tried to find him after this game. I found him after the last two games and talked to him, but didn't get a chance to speak with him. But um, – um, the respect I have for him as a player, um, you know, he's just he's just really really good. And I, I think we'll get to watch him some on Sundays. So. What's the conversation like when you meet those guys? You're like, hey, thanks for well, normally me so hard. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, nor- <laughs> normally it's it's just like you know, good game or whatever. Yeah, but sure. to him, I, I remember last year we played him here, and I was like, man, you're a really good player. Um, keep it up, you know, you know, go go get some games in the playoffs or whatever. But um, yeah, you know, there's some guys that you know you kind of have that respect for just watching them on on film all week, and um, you see them play, and then you know they're in the backfield or they're making plays, and you're just like, you know, hey, this guy's a good player, and you can tell, you know, I think as competitors, you know, how much it takes to, to you know get out there on the field and then to also perform well. So um, you know you want to let guys know, hey, you know, I, I appreciate what you're doing because um, you know. It feels good when someone says that about you and your game. Going into last week, it sounded like all the conversation, you know, Monday, Tuesday from uh, yourself, Austin Gatewood said it as well in the Monday press conference, just didn't have the best week of preparation. What did you attribute that to? And can you give us an idea of what the difference is between a subpar week of preparation and one that you feel really gets you ready for Saturdays? 
So, um, Coach made the comment. It was one of the first things he said after the game is that, you know, you play how you practice. And he said he didn't feel like we had a great week of practice. And, you know, you try to replicate the same schedule every single week. Um, and, you know, you go through the same activities every week, but the way in which you do them can change just because of human nature. Um, for whatever reason, we didn't bring the same intensity, uh, you know, mental energy to the practices, um, you know, last week. And so, um, I, you know, I think we all kind of felt that, that, that we didn't, you know, have as good a week of practice as we wanted. So um, I think after that game, there was kind of this whole collective thought of, you know, this week we've got to have a better week of practice. And I think for the most part, um, you know, we brought the energy this week. You know, we, we had great tempo on offense and practice. Um, you know, the defense constantly was making plays in our team period. So, um, you know, we really we really needed to kind of, um, you know, kind of have a reset button, I guess, so to speak, and get back mentally sharp in practice. And because it, it is, I mean, this time of the year, you haven't had a bye week. It's a grind. And so um, things become monotonous. And, you know, I think that, you know, what happened last week really kind of said, okay, we need to we need to lock in and get back to what we were doing. You heard me and Jay talking about you were here a couple minutes ahead of time, heard us talking about weather. I loved Randy Sanders, and hopefully you can shed some light on this as well. Randy Sanders was talking about catching the ball low out of the shotgun or a drop snap or a low snap out of the shotgun and how it's like when you put your head up as a quarterback, like fishing for your cell phone around on the highway, and you look up and you have no idea what happened. Can you give us a similar either um, comparison or a cliche or whatever you like about throwing a football in the rain and how that changes things for a quarterback? Yeah, you know, I think one thing that Coach Sanders has done a good job of, and I've never done it before, is we've done the wet ball drill um, you know, multiple times since he's been here. Uh, we practice in the rain. I heard you guys mention that. And we had never really done that before. Anytime we had any type of weather, we used to go in the dome. And so now we're out in the rain um, or whatever happens. I remember, I guess it was three or four weeks ago now, and it was, I mean, it was the hardest rain I've ever been in, you know, just in my entire life. But we were practicing, and, and the balls were probably, you know, five pounds heavier just because of the water had, wow. had soaked in there. And so, um, you know, practicing in that, and we actually did a two-minute drill, and we ended up scoring as an offense. So I remember, you know, leaving the field thinking, you know, I can't believe we did that. That was pretty cool. So that gives you some confidence, and um, you know, it is different, but it's one of those things. It's not an excuse. You, you have to go out there and throw the ball and catch it, and you know, execute um, as if it were rain or as if it were you know just sunny outside. So, um, yeah, it's different, but that's not something that um, you can make an excuse about. Taking a look at the the Catamounts defense Saturday's opponent, 3:30, Wimby Green Junior Stadium. We're talking Austin Herring, starting quarterback with ETSU on Santos and the sidekick and. Austin, I, you know, it's easy for offensive guys sometimes to look at numbers. You've seen some film. You've seen everybody running, uh, you know, down the field, uncovered. Some They're running three freshmen in the secondary. It's easy to sit there and lick your chops and go, boy, we're going to have a big day offensively. But at the same time, you've still got to be able to execute, right? It's not as just easy as sitting up there. Now, for us media guys, it's easy to sit here and go, oh, yeah, you know, full, you know, Austin's going to throw for 300 yards. Three times. <laughs> it's, it's easy to sit there and do that. Yeah. But in the same token, I mean, this is still a game where guys have to go out and execute and you still have to do your job as opposed to just thinking, well, if I just show up and run a route, they're not going to cover me. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do the same thing with my fantasy football team. I'm looking at matchups. Oh, you should throw for a bunch of yards. And then, you know, he, he barely gets me any points, and I'm all mad. You know, I lost the game in fantasy. So I can certainly see. I can relate know, to that. Yeah, Losing definitely. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Yes. But, um, you know, I think that's another thing with Coach Sanders is we play – uh, you know, faceless opponents. You know, we obviously scheme and, you know, based upon what they do defensively and, and things like that, that's how we prepare our game plan. But we also, you know, we can – we do what we do. And so, you know, we have to execute our offensive plays and our scheme before we can even worry about them because, um, you know, that's the steps we have to take to get to where we want to be as an offense. And I think that's one thing, and I mentioned it, um, I think at the press conference that you can still see improvement. Um, it wasn't the result we wanted last week, but there are still steps that we're taking as an offense. And, um, you know, I, I think that's been our focus this year. I don't know how that will change in years to come because the system will be in, be in, have been in place for longer. Um, but I think that um, right now that's really the focus. And um, if there's plays to be made, we need to execute and make them. Uh, if not, you know, make the – you know, check it down or just make the easy play that you're supposed to make and trust your, your rules and your keys. And um, that's kind of the brand of football we want to play. Uh, Rob Fritz on Facebook. And we can always take questions. People are getting used to the questions, I think. You had Brittany ZLJ yeah. and you had Steve Forbes over the last couple of days for a Q&A before basketball season. Rob Fritz writes in and asks, uh, other than home games, where's been your favorite away game atmosphere to play while at DTSU? Maybe that's good coming off of the Wofford game and also one more guaranteed road game in your career. And if you say Tennessee, person. I'll need another game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, you got to kind of throw, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so you we'll, can start with that, but I want right. another one. Yeah, we'll that. start with the out-of-conference and then work to the conference sure. opponents. So. Um, James Madison was really cool. Um, Tennessee was obviously, you know, that's a, a dream to play at Neyland Stadium. Um, I think the coolest, and for a lot of the guys who have been here, I think everyone would say the same thing, was Montana State. Um, you know, we were we hadn't had a win yet, and we were just kind of a ragtag bunch. Um, and going out there, the, the place was packed. Um, they were, you know, screaming at us and everything and that was kind of our first introduction to college football um so you actually kind of moved the ball up and down the field just couldn't score I yeah mean, it was the awkward uh the was it uh, rollins the, the the touchdown interception like i remember calling a full touchdown and somebody had to tap me and go no actually it was picked off like <laughs> yeah no, i remember that play it was like i thought we had scored two and i think i gave like a fist pump or something and then like what just happened he was through a pick so um <laughs> So, yeah, that, w that was a weird game. But I'd say in conference, Mercer feels similar to here. Um, you know, it's because it's kind of a similar layout in a way with the bank and, you know, the, the two sides. And um, so I think Mercer's a cool place to play. Uh, VMI with its history is kind of cool. Uh, you know, you got Charleston and, um, you know, it's a big – I didn't realize how big, you know, the home side of that stadium was because the last time we went there, we didn't go on the home side. So you probably didn't – because when you played two years ago, they had just torn it down. But the visiting side is a concrete slab that's just a slab. Yeah. The same size stands were on the visiting side. Yeah, that was there so when we, we were. Oh, there. was it? The, okay, so it was so that, that the huge. So I mean, it was a legitimate huge. like fifteen thousand yeah. seat place to play. Yeah. Um, Chattanooga. Um, yeah, I, I played in that stadium in high school. Uh, it's just so big that you can't. They don't fill it up, so it's not like. Uh, but it's, it's also Chattanooga, nobody cares. Yeah, exactly. That's so it's not really like uh, Western was unique for sure. 
Um, but I would have to say if I had to pick one, probably Mercer, because it does kind of feel like here. And we played there so many times because we played there that first That's right. You would be the third time mm-hmm. uh, playing down at Mercer. And for out of conference at Montana State. Uh, nameless, faceless opponent, I get that. But your counterpart on the other side of the ball this week, Tyree Adams, obviously a very special player. Yeah, he's a really good player. Um, you know, he's dynamic. He can run a little bit better than me, I would say. Um, so um, you ran over a, a D- bit. hey you ran over a DB at UT. You always have that in the highlight. Uh, now club. rumor has it he's probably got a little bit better vertical too. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's what <laughs> it's weird. I I can jump really high. What's your vert? Thirty nine is what they've wow. got me. Yeah, I've I've always been able to dunk and jump, but I've never been able to run really good. So you ever throw um, some guys in a poster in an off season basketball so, game? So or so what? Have, <laughs> have you ever thought about then going for that? Because you know Tyree is freshman year on a whim. They said, hey, why don't you? go out here for the high jump and he ends up winning the high jump in the southern conference literally it was like a randy moss story it's a famous randy moss story that they were like uh, randy got an argument with a track guy marshall and said well i'll just win the 100 and they argued about it so southern conference outdoor meet there are videos of him sitting there not stretching in his warm-ups headphones on and they're like hey you got to start in like five minutes he's like all right whatever so he gets there and he wins by like half a second like he blows by everybody like Larry Bird I, not taking off his warm-up exactly. for the three-point I, contest i, I yeah. kind of feel like that, that that's tyree adams somebody just said hey man you want to do this high jump he's like <laughs> ah, i guess so and he wins the high jump so uh, but anyways you, you can dunk basketball can you get a quarter off the backboard that's what i want to know no. can i get a quarter off the backboard off the top of it yeah no 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 i no, I, I can jump, but I can't run. But I don't think I have any place in any, um, you know, Southern Conference track meets for sure. But, no, Tyree's a great player, very dynamic. Um, you know, I, I've said this a million times about room with Gatewood. And, you know, I always talk about you got to wrap him up. You know, you can't just throw a good hit on him. you got to wrap him up and bring him down because he can break tackles and he's pretty elusive. And he also can make plays with his arm, as you can see. So, um, you know, he's a really dynamic player. Um, I think this offense is similar to what we see um, every day in practice as opposed to, you know, Wofford and Citadel. So I think it's kind of a breath of fresh air for our defense to kind of get back to, you know, a regular style offense. Um, So more conventional, I should say. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's a great player. He's going to make plays. but And we've got to respond on our side of the ball to, uh, you know, counteract that. What uh, we're talking about Austin Herrick, we'll get into the, official route tree portion of it here in just a second. And uh, I'm kind of curious because it when you first got here, Coach O'Kane, I think he wanted to play fast, and then they just decided not to. Western Carolina literally tries to snap it like every 10 seconds. So I was trying to – put and, you, and I would like you to speak to this because you'd probably explain it better than, than me and Mike trying to banner around it. But basically when you play Wofford, you know, it's like a 10-12 possession – they want to take 10 minutes off, and you have to prepare for kind of the grind. And I'm asking more of a defensive question, but for the defense, the thing changes. Like Not only do you get 24, 25 possessions, so does the other team, and the other team's going to do it fast, right? They're going to, they may have a three and out in 35 seconds and punt the ball, or they could have a scoring drive that's eight plays, a minute and a half, and then they're taking a breather. Yeah, you know, I, I think defensively when teams go fast, cause in high school and at Middle Tennessee, we played really up-tempo. And so one thing that I noticed is teams had to stay more base on defense. They couldn't really, you know, have these crazy plays or crazy blitzes and stunts and things like that because, you know, you have to signal in the play. You have to, you know, be ready to go. And if you've got a, you know, a super long signal or super long call, you know, people can't process that information fast enough and then respond to what the offense is doing. So I think that's one of the advantages to going fast. Um, for us, you know, we will probably have more opportunities on the offensive side of the ball this week. 
Um, but that doesn't mean there should be, you know, any less focus than there was the past few weeks. So, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that can go either way. Um, but at the end of the day, the game comes down to blocking, tackling, and just executing. I know you hear that all the time, but, um, you know, it's cliche for a reason. Would you say that with more opportunities, and don't give anything away, but a generic, you know, offense just generally in football terms is more apt when they have more opportunities because there's a little bit more margin for error to go over the top, take some chances, and live more on the edge? Yeah, I think those opportunities kind of present itself throughout the game. Um, you know, and, and even when there's less opportunities as there was the past few weeks, you still have to be aggressive and take those shots because you never know if you're going to get that opportunity again. So I think it just it all is based upon whether that opportunity presents itself. If you get a short yardage situation on second down, you know, towards the middle of the field, that's typically where you'll see someone take a shot. Um, and so, um, you know, things like that, if, if that opportunity presents itself, you know, make one of those plays, call one of those plays and give, you know, your guys an opportunity to make a great play. And, you know, the coach does a great job of that. Um, that's one thing that he has been, I've really noticed, is that he's an aggressive play caller. He's not afraid to call, you know, the trick play we put in on Tuesday or the big shot play that, you know, we've been waiting to use. And so um, that's that gives you confidence as a player knowing that he trusts you to go out there and execute that play. Steps out for a timeout. More with Austin Herrick, the official route tree. Mike Gallagher's got some convoluted scenario he's going to give him. And Austin's got to pick from there and then uh, figure out what his path is in life or what his route is, I guess. We'll figure it out. And I'm just going to sit back and enjoy Dot Mountain Dew while they do that. So, Route Tree, Austin Heron coming up right after this timeout. Sandos and Sidekick on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated healthcare system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has an all-new... You had me at Wendy's. Good, because Wendy's has a new bacon cheeseburger, and it's called... You had me at bacon. Well, what if I told you Wendy's kept going and added a smoky, tangy sauce, and it's called the Sawsome Bacon... You had me at Sawsome. It's called the Sawsome Bacon Classic. Sawsome Bacon Classic? Sounds amazing. Why didn't you just say that from the start? Also, if you download the Wendy's app, you'll get special offers like $2 off any combo. Huh, well, now you have me downloading the Wendy's app. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. 
Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640, the extreme sports monster. Send the sidekick, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, Austin Herrick. It is the route tree, Mike. So before we get into this week's route tree, I want to revisit the past six route trees because we've had six of them. Um, first one, John Elway. Uh, you had him going to the Yankees and winning a bunch of titles with Don Mattingly. Then Brandon Whedon. You put him in the weed whacking business. Very successful after he was done with his baseball career, which was very short. Tim Tebow, uh, after criticizing his offensive line, uh, went and played baseball with the Mets right out of college. And he, Bill Buckner, Mitch Moreland, uh, won a title this year, I think it was, with the Mets and uh, Jacob DeGrom, uh, as well as uh, another number of fantastic talents for the Mets. Bobby Beathard, uh, the Chargers ended up taking. Charles Woodson in that 1998 draft had a great defense with Seau, Harrison, um, and Woodson, and they won a Super Bowl with Hasselbeck, who they drafted later. So instead of Ryan Leaf going um, to San Diego, he would go to, I think it was Oakland. Uh, Vince McMahon, week five, uh, you had him buying NBC shares in the XFL, stealing a bunch of talent from the NFL, The Rock going and playing in Chicago. That might be my favorite one so far. That one was very just very in-depth. Um, yeah. And the XFL moved their schedule to the summer and was – uh, tremendously successful um, over the last 20 years. Never had to reform in 2020. And then last week, Jake Locker goes to the NFL as a junior. Still is terrible, except with the Rams. Sam Bradford, though, goes to the Broncos and sets all these completion percentage records, leads them to a couple Super Bowls. Peyton Manning never ends up going to Denver. Your thoughts in the first six weeks? Well, we've changed a lot of history. You've so changed a lot of history. This is you. You've done it. some groundbreaking stuff. Um, you know, I, I think it's been fun. I think it's been uh, my favorite one's like yours is the XFL because that was pretty wild. So, um, but yeah, it's been fun and let's keep changing the course of history. Well, and we're, we're going to perhaps change the course of the present and also the near uh, future in this week's route tree. Jay, are you a superstitious guy? I think we we know you're a pretty superstitious guy. Austin, are you superstitious? Yes. Yes. Um, I try not to be, but I still am a little bit. Okay. So that was the one question. Usually how the route tree works is we have Austin answer one, two, three questions and that decides what route he's, going to go on in certain scenarios. This week, since the Bucks were uh, losers for the first time since the route tree's invention, um, back, I think, right after the Tennessee game, uh, we're going to change things up and do our part at least, since you're a little superstitious. Jay's very superstitious. Uh, we figure that we'll do a real-time route tree this time, trade deadline edition. Uh, basically, it's going to show, are you ready to be an executive? You know, How do you do with these scenarios? And uh, will these executives agree with your choices over the next, uh, well, really just, what, four days? I think trade deadline's on Tuesday yeah. in the NFL. Um, these are issues currently going on in football right now that – 
we have an inkling on how they'll be decided basically by the end of the season, and, and so we'll see how you did. So what route you choose, we'll kind of know the answer to before your time here at ETSU is done and therefore be able to, A, either mock and ridicule you for being wrong, much like we do on a daily basis with each other, myself and Jay, uh, or we're going to praise you for your brilliance. Uh, it's one of the two um, after that's all said and done. So first one, and we saw this one already unfold. You're Jerry Jones, and you have to give up a first-round pick to get 24-year-old Armari Cooper. Because your leading receivers are Cole Beasley, Jeff Swaim, and Michael Gallup, of course, kind of devoid of talent at that position. Do you do it? Yeah, I do that. So that in a second, you're, it's done, you do it. Amari Cooper, you also put on the Cowboys. Yes. Even though it's a first-round pick. Definitely. Okay, sounds good. Amari Cooper on to the Cowboys. Then the follow-up. Knowing how things have played out over the course uh, and how it certainly looks right now, you've got Cooper for a first-round pick. But if you had Des Bryant, who we know is still not signed with the team, the Cowboys, of course, certainly three and four right now, bottom five in the league in passing. You've given up a first-round pick for Amari Cooper, but you could have had Des Bryant and still kept your first-round pick. Would you have preferred to keep Bryant? Um, for, with the information I have, I would have preferred to keep Bryant, but I'm sure they know something that we don't because they wouldn't have got rid of him. There's definitely something going on on yeah. the inside there, right? Because Bryant, I, Bryant did have a bit more of a down year. Less than what do you have, like 840 yards and six touchdowns? But still, I think yeah, a lot of people consider certainly him. running the ball. It's a different philosophy than when he first started. Got, yeah, one, yeah, exactly. sure. got one of the best running backs in the league, so I, I think that makes a lot of sense. But uh, it had to be something going on behind the scenes. Okay, so you keep Amari Cooper. Jacob, I hope you're writing this down back in studio. Probably uh, not. I, probably not, but I need your help here because uh, my memory is very fleeting. Uh, second scenario, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, losing millions of dollars by the week, uh, and week, week eight is here. The rumor has really been around the team for a while, around the NFL, that he'd be back during the bye week in week seven. He didn't come back. If you're Pittsburgh, should you move him for whatever you can get at this point, knowing the team's 3-2-1? James Conner actually has better numbers right now through six weeks than Bell did last year, at least running the football. Now Bell, of course, an incredible receiver when playing. Uh, that's kind of how he sets himself apart. But the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell, if you're Kevin Colbert, do you trade Le'Veon Bell now? Yeah, I, I definitely move him just to get some assets. Um, I don't think they will, but I would move him just because I doubt he comes back um, and at least get something for him. One thing I would require, though, is that he goes out of the division at least. So, so preferred destination would at least be not Baltimore, Cleveland, or Cincinnati. Yeah, and definitely not New England. Whoa, because you're definitely. Because you're going to run England. into them. Whoa, you don't want to play against them in the playoffs and have him burn you, so. Just you know, get him out of there. And you, know, and you just him. never want to help New England in general. Well, but I, I will say this. They're, they only can trick because he's going to be a free agent in the year. Right. Yeah. So why not just take the best deal is my question. Back to you as a GM, why wouldn't you just take the best deal? Because the next year he's going to sign with whoever he wants <laughs> to, and you may see him for 20 years – or not 20. You may see him for 10 years as opposed to just, uh, you know, five, six games. Probably three years knowing yeah. yourself yeah. like the running back. Well, yeah. I don't know. He's I mean, you want to take the best deal, and if the best deal is just so much better than – you know, the other deals but you're But if getting. you have a preference, But right. if you have a choice, you can All can't. things equal, you're yeah. not putting them there. I got exactly. you. Okay, go. The Broncos, another team allegedly ready to move a receiver, much like Oakland was. There's been some rumblings of Demarius Thomas with Denver 3-4, three and four, three games out of the top spot in the West with Kansas City and the Chargers. The clear-cut teams right now in that division right now. And Thomas fading to really a distant second-most effective receiver on that roster behind Emmanuel Sanders and even Cortland Sutton, a rookie, is garnering some better reviews than Thomas has. If you're Denver, do you try to move him for something now or – considering that at the end of his contract, which is this season, uh, there's a $3.5 million out on the team side, much less than the $14 million that he'd be owed in 2019. Uh, do you pay him 3.5 to go away in the offseason and get nothing for him, or do you move him now and get something? 
with the with the financial repercussions, I try to move him. But I I think at this point, Demarius Thomas, you know, he's been a great player, probably trending downward a little bit. Um, I don't know how much you could get for him. I mean, Josh Gordon went for what a fifth round pick. Um, so I mean, financially, it'd be nice to move him, but I just don't know that you're gonna get much uh, value back. Now, Josh Gordon, of course, the off field issues, but. Demarius Thomas, is he that old now? Have I just been yeah. – He's not that old, but the production – like you said, like Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton, like you would think that Demarius Thomas with the size and, you know, all that would be, you know, continuing making those great plays he did when Peyton Manning was there. But Let me it, tell you where he would be great at because they're struggling right now. New England. No, Green Bay. Oh. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, that would be good. Like, like when Javon Walker went there, what was that, like uh, yeah. 10 years ago? That didn't work out very well, but, but I think Thomas But, but, I'm, but just because they've had some issues with receivers, it's another, and, you know, uh, Aaron can still chunk it down the field. I mean, Demarius needs somebody that can chunk it down the field, right? Yeah. He didn't need a dink and dunk five yard here, seven yard. He needs to get down the field. That is what he's had, and, too. Yeah, and, and that, since Manning's got the, – he needs somebody that can push the ball 25, 30 yards down the field. And I think uh, if I'm the Green Bay Packers right now, I'm thinking, boy, if I could get him for that, pair him up, because especially with uh, with Jimmy Graham now, yeah. that tied in there. Uh, he, he, I mean, that's a pretty so good one to punch. Threads, so, yeah. you're, so, God, can you imagine Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Demarius Thomas, Jimmy Graham? I mean, oh, that'd be an I mean, they yeah, can't run the ball still, yeah, but uh, uh, what can you do? Yeah, at that point, time. So, so what's your official answer on this? Then? Are you trying to move him now and just getting whatever you can, or are you just saying 3.5 in the offseason and he's done? I'm moving them, but I don't think they will. Okay. Uh, Last one, Jacksonville Jaguars falling apart at the seams, not the least of which, but also not the entire story, being poor quarterback play. They benched Blake Borders last year. There's reports that guys were screaming at each other in the locker room postgame after they lost their third in a row, destroyed by the Cowboys two weeks ago, uh, 40-7, beaten 20-7 in an ugly game against Houston last week, although Houston, as it turns out, is red hot right now. Uh, It seems to me if they have anyone at all behind Bortles, they go to him, but Cody Kessler apparently is not anyone at all. He's getting some reps with the first team this week, but Bortles still the starter on "quote unquote" a short leash. If you're Doug Marone, do you implore management to explore a trade for a QB? Do you stick with Ke- or do you go to Kessler or do you stick with Bortles? The only one I would try, you know, to get from, via trade right now would be Derek Carr, just because the you know the grumblings the out fire of fire sale. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, but I think they really messed up in the off season by not at least drafting a quarterback. Then they extended Bortles' contract. Um, you know, that was an interesting decision. Yeah. Um, I think you, you know, you stick with Bortles for a few more weeks, make sure the season's not completely lost. Once you kind of determine that it is, then you go with Kessler, and then you, you move on after the season. You really have to upgrade that position because that defense is so good, um, and it's not going to be there forever, so you have to make sure you're, you're doing what you can to make the offense, uh, you know, at least adequate for that defense. And the running game is – good when Fournette's healthy. Now, they had a bad week last week with Yeldon, but they also traded for Carlos Hyde, so now they're going to have Fournette, Yeldon, and Hyde. I don't know what they're going to do when all three of them are healthy, but... Uh, they won't all be healthy. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just been proven. Yeah. Not, they're not all going to be healthy. That's a fair point. So, with Blake Bortles, you said they should... Now, did you see the Stephen A. Smith rant on Blake Bortles uh, from earlier this week? No. Oh, God. Go look it up, because he... Sometimes they stay relatively politically correct on the show, but he basically cursed Blake Bortles on air and said, if it wasn't for this damn Blake Bortles, this team would be this and that. And so he went absolutely all in on Blake Bortles. And I actually feel a little bit of reprieve. I've never been a Bortles fan. I think Blake made his money basically off that New England game last year in that little playoff run because he wanted New England and nearly took down the Patriots if it wasn't for one of the patented Tom Brady comebacks. So it seems certainly like he is is who we thought he was, to quote Denny Green. (laughs) 
Anyway. And we let him off the hook. And, we let, and, right. and, and the Jaguars let him off the hook. So yep. that is the route tree this week. So we've got four scenarios. We'll revisit those at the end of the year. I have two of them written down. I'm sure Jacob will have my back on the other two. But uh, Austin Herrick on the route tree. We'll probably go back to the uh, normal uh, format next week. But we'll see. I, I mean, if this works, changing it up, maybe we'll change it up again next week. I don't know. We'll kind of see how it works. I like it. All right. I like it. I'm fine. Yep. Thanks, All guys. right, Austin. Appreciate, appreciate it. We'll see you next uh, Friday. we got bold predictions coming up. Jacob Townsend will uh, let us uh, have our say bold prediction. I've been awful. Pumped. Mike's pumped. been uh, slightly better than awful. Uh, but it's bold predictions, right? You're not supposed to hit 75% on those. Well, right? If you're, if you're smart, doing you it right. Yeah. Yeah. right. yeah. Well, I take VMI over Chattanooga on homecoming. Even <laughs> like a 20-point underdog. Let's be honest. More than likely, yes. I'm going to yes. step aside for a timeout. It's Santos' sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole, the clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. 19- no one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. There is no way LeBron James leaves Cleveland again. I agree with Jarvis Landry. I think the Browns are a Super Bowl contender this year. How in the world can you not see that Big Baller brand is far superior to making the NBA than Puma? Yeah, rumors fly a lot. Jason Witten is not going to Monday Night Football. I mean, the Mike Ayers rumor that he's leaving, no way. I bet he's there until 2025. 
Terrell Owens has made a career off jawing, running his mouth. Will he be in Chattanooga for his Hall of Fame induction? No chance. He'll be in Canada. Bold prediction. One of my favorites. Uh, it's really not. You know, I try to. You know, there's a lot it of is segments. In uh, if you were I good mean, at it, you'd like it. Fear not. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Mike. Hey, Jay. How are y'all? How are you doing? Well, I'm, uh, I'm doing better than you two. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm flying high over here because what am I hitting about uh, seven sixty or something like that? Uh, no, you're, no. you're you've hit eight. Out of 27, you're batting 296, 296 almost 300. That's an all-star year. That's an all-star year. It is. Well, if, I, if, I, if I tack some bombs on there. Now, if, I, if I'm Luis Castillo hitting 296 with about 30 RBIs and half a home run, it's probably not happening. But uh, speaking of that, anybody interested in the World Series? No one is, right? Okay. I am. Yeah, I've been watching. I don't think you are. Okay. Uh, Jay? Uh, Five of 27, batting yeah. 185. <laughs> oh, boy. You're Christian Guzman with the Nationals. <laughs> yeah, obscure reference. He couldn't hit Ryan Matson. He couldn't World hit Mark Series. Madsen. World <laughs> Series reference, sorry. Um, you want to start? Yeah. Go ahead. All right, you ready, Jacob? You ready to write these down? Yeah, I got you, buddy. <laughs> Number one, are you ready? You ready? Here it comes. I got you. Number one, Quay Holmes will have three touchdowns rushing the football for ETSU. Number two, Austin Herrick will have three touchdown passes in the game against Western Carolina. Number three, I'm still going here, VMI, a billion-point underdog at Chattanooga. Uh, it's homecoming. Going Keydets because at some point in time, doesn't the streak have to end and why not? And because I just don't feel like stop talking, Oklahoma State will beat Texas and Arizona will beat the Oregon Ducks. I'll give you five of them. Wow. Go. Boom. Oh, man. Boom. Come back Fiber. City. Look at him. Wow. And now you I'm going to sit back and relax and drink my you got You got all five of those? Did, were you able to write all those down? I mean, are you going to go VMI yeah, gotcha. until they win? Yeah, pretty much. I think so. <laughs> I figured. I'm pot committed at this point for. I, I am a closet VMI fan at this point. Uh, they're my second favorite team. Actually, I just like watching, and I do go back and watch some of these games. Reese Udinsky. He's the, pretty good. Oh, he? my God. He, from where he was at the ETSU game uh, to where he is now, I mean, and, and he's got no time, and he is throwing darts in there. It's unbelievable. You're a closet if, VMI fan and an open Chattanooga hater, and that's a perfect storm for that prediction. Yeah, it's fine. Perfect. All right, what do you got? Uh, ETSU has not rushed for 200 yards against a good team and I'm not sure how long. They did against Gardner-Webb and against Mars Hill, and let's just face it, Gardner-Webb is not having a good year. Mars Hill is a Division II team. I think they go over 200 yards this week. I think they rebound from three of the last four, not getting to 100 yards. ETSU rushing for 200 or more, which means very good things in, not only winning the ball game, keeping Tyree Adams and that offense off the field. So that's my ETSU one. Uh, Missouri is going to take down Kentucky. I am all for waffling for teams and against teams that I have picked in the past. I nailed a Kentucky prediction when they were like, a, I don't know, 10, 12-point underdog earlier this year. Kind of a make or break, are you legitimate or are you not game. Can I get a clarification from Jacob on something? Uh-oh. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Uh, isn't Missouri a touchdown favorite in the Yes, game? they are, and I uh, I love that number. Love are that they? number. Yeah, they're, they're, actually, they're actually favored Seven. by a touchdown. 
But so I'm I, with I you, Mike. Wanna... I'm with there, you. Are you sure? I thought I, I was talking about you, really. No. Okay, Kentucky is beating Missouri <laughs> on the road as a touchdown underdog. I am all in on these okay. Wildcats. Okay. I picked them once earlier this year. I believe in Love the it. big blue. Love Kentucky it. is taking down Missouri. Anybody have any whiteout? Got to fix my sheet over here. No, you're fine. Final you're one, uh, Green Bay. Is mm. going on the road. I love that Taking one. down the call. Los Angeles that's Rams. A great call. They are not going to be undefeated forever. Green Bay is likely getting Randall Cobb That was Cobb on back. my list right here. Aaron Rodgers, he has the effect that no other quarterback can excite, except for Tom Brady. Those two neck and neck for the best comeback artists in the league. I think Aaron Rodgers channels the magic that he has had really late in games. Often it goes on the road. It's the largest uh, of a point spread against Aaron Rodgers, too, in his entire career. And he's probably PO'd at that kind of information. I just, yeah. I actually had that written down and couldn't pull the trigger look, on it, so look, I like that one. Look, and I, like I, that. and I love McVay, and I love the Rams, but this is not a team that's going to go undefeated. Now, they also have at New Orleans next week. So those are a couple really tough games. It's starting to get difficult for the Rams. Will Cooper Cup be healthy this week? Yeah, they're not really sure. I know they got a lot of other weapons, but I think Green Bay is going to step up to the plate, and they – are my third bold prediction. I'm excited to go three for three this weekend, and you're going to go five for five or 0 for five. I think there's no in between. You're either five for five Either or 0 for five. If you go five for five on this week, you're the greatest, and I will never do a bold prediction again. Well, if I can at least hit the first two. Uh, yeah. The three and three. Yeah, that's true. Yep. All right, that's Sanders' sidekick this week. We'll recap Monday, ETSU West Carolina, and we'll look forward to the football game coming up next Saturday at Mercer. Also, we'll start talking a little more hoops. Go Bucks. This is Sanders and the sidekick. Bucket it. Sports Network. <laughs>